give people time to process and to figure out where they fit into the change. They, they need to have a vision for themselves in a new situation. Even if it's not a new role, it's a new situation. And I think giving people the space and the time to do that is so important. Hi, my name is Chris Zaug, and welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick, the one-on-one meeting software that helps managers and their teams get on the same page. But more than that, actually having better conversations with one another, not just talking about projects or status updates and all the stuff you can do via email. It digs into the nitty-gritty things, how work is going and how your team members work best, the conversations you never get to really have. So part of this podcast, we talk about things going on inside our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, sometimes it's more general kind of things we've learned or things that we've uh, worked out and want to share and just talk about. But something that's been happening right now in our company right now is there's we're only 11 full-time staff. And uh, you've been transitioning out of working mostly on product to working more on things like our podcast and mm-hmm. education tools and, and things like that to help train managers. And I've been staying focused specifically in the product team and so when that was coming up and that transition was happening, we decided it was time to change some reporting relationships. A lot of people on the product and software team that were reporting to you, mm-hmm. Chris, now are reporting to me, which can be a little bit yeah. interesting and goofy and awkward and sometimes it's great right. uh, transition. And uh, so we're pretty early in that process, only like mm-hmm. a couple weeks into mm-hmm. things being switched up. Uh, but we thought it might be kind of interesting to follow the process a little bit and you know what's how is it how's it going from where you sit from what when you're still meeting with these these individuals and you skip level one-on-ones mm-hmm. maybe inviting some of them onto the podcast to talk about the transition and how it's been feeling for them yeah because this isn't unique to us this happens all over the place people were on teams and then they're then assigned to be the manager of those teams and right. some people are excited about it. Some are indifferent about it. Some don't understand why anyone needs to manage the team or any number of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought it would just be interesting to follow our team's journey with that. And uh, so do you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you brought up the transition to the sure. team and kind of what people were thinking and feeling? Yeah, I think one of the things that we began to recognize is that uh, my actual input into the work that they were doing was becoming less and less relevant because I was further and further away from the product. So I think for, for some folks, they looked at, um, they looked at our organization and I I think we, we, we got, we had a useful rut. Okay. So we sort of did things the way we did them because we'd done them that way for a long time. Um, we have a very relational company, our, our, you know, we're, we're friendly with each other. We know each other well. So I don't know that it would have occurred to people on their own that we should make a change. But mm-hmm. when I first brought it up with, with virtually everyone, they all saw why we would make a change. Now, they had varying degrees of how important they felt it was for them personally. Mm-hmm. So they'd go, yeah, Michael's been working on product for a couple of years. He's really been our primary product designer. And it makes a lot of sense that Michael would be uh, more involved in the work that we're doing, for sure. But... Um, so when I first brought it up, it was it was okay. This is something we're thinking about, and it, we hadn't made the decision yet at all. So I'm really big on foreshadowing things where I can. I don't like to have like this 
thing in my back pocket that I've been thinking about for months, and I just come and drop the bomb on people and say, okay, this is what we're doing. I wanted to get their input. So initially I just said, okay, one of the things that we've been, we've been chatting about is what's the best way to organize so we can have the, the kind of product that we want, they have the kind of educational pieces we want to offer our customers, and, and have a work environment that really makes sense so we can, we can do our best work together. This is something we're thinking about. What do you think? And so asked a lot of questions of people. So, and I got a, a, a multitude of responses. Some people are like, oh, sounds great. Love Michael. Love when I get to work with him. No offense to you, Chris, but he probably has more stuff for me to think about and do in my job than, than you do. So it'd be great. And as long as we're still doing skip levels, so I still get to meet with you on occasion. Awesome. It's great. Other people were like, well, we can do that. Um, I love Michael. Um, you don't give me that much direction. I don't want that much from him either. I mean, exactly <laughs> say it that way, but you know what I mean? It's like they know their job, right? And mm-hmm. they, they don't um, need a new manager. Right, right, right. Which um, kind of gets to the whole topic that we've talked about in a podcast that we uh, just released was all about fulfilling a role, right. not being a manager. Right. And like someone who's ruling. Right. Some people don't need the direct, you know, every day, tell me what I'm doing. And and so, so they were fine with it. And other people, you know, express some honest concern, not about you in any way, but about like, well, what does this mean for me? Because, you know, Chris, you're the, you know, you're the co-founder of Uptick, but you're the president of our company. You're a 60 year old dude. So you've got some stuff to speak into professional development from your experience that Michael may or may, or may not have. And, and how do we kind of retain the, the momentum we have in our professional development? And so th- those were real questions. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it's interesting when you walk through a process like this, because uh, I've been a part of many of these over the years, and some felt like they were just imposed on me. And that was super hard. Mm-hmm. Like no input from me. No, um, no asking questions about what my experience was and what it could p- potentially be. No, um, me being able to have a platform to to voice my concerns. It was just, here's the change, live with it. Which I suppose that works in the short term, but in the long term, um, when when people move from. Uh, working with me more directly and working with you, what's happening is their careers are being transferred to a certain extent from being in my hands to being in your hands as the new manager. Well, that's a that's a big deal. Like that's something that's mm-hmm. important and something yeah. that you know, particularly for some folks, it's a really big deal. And and I totally understand it. And so involving them in the process, asking the kind of questions that allow them to emote a little bit and making that a safe place, mm-hmm. like it's okay to say. I don't know if I want to do this. Um, I think that that's a that's an important element to embracing change in the organization, and really not just embracing it, but setting you up as the new manager in the right way. Because if if it's just imposed on them and they feel like they've got no input on it, then then okay, now Michael's your manager. What's your first one on one going to look like? Well. I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. You know, you, you, you've set up an adversarial relationship that you don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think part of the other question, like a company our size, or not not think, like I know part of the question is like, why do we need another layer of, of hierarchy uh, in a company of 11 people? Right. And it's like, well, 
if it would be, it would feel different if it was just, oh, Michael's just going to um, lead the the product team, uh, but everyone still reports to Chris, mm-hmm. and and that's what we had been doing, right? But then you're not you're not as close to all the work that's getting done. So then, like when it comes time for performance reviews, like how can you really evaluate performance if something like got done or didn't get done, right? Like in in our in our company, performance reviews, it's it's not some like heavy-handed performance-oriented <laughs> right. stuff. It's Not like scary. We, we've, if there's anything that's been happening, we've been talking about it along the way anyway. Right. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting thinking about it in a small in a small team like ours because it's not just transitioning who's leading like the effort because that really isn't changing much. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, oh, now my performance reviews are with someone else. Now raises are from someone else. Mm-hmm. Now time off, I talked to someone else. Mm-hmm. Like all this other stuff. And I just started kind of writing out uh, a blog this week that's just called Everything Else. Huh. That it, you don't realize, I guess I didn't realize going from one team member, uh, Whitney, who's on our team, uh, she and I have worked together for a year. And that's another part is it's going to change is like the person who's been with you, now you have six direct reports. Mm-hmm. How do you not just focus on the new five and leave right. the one behind? Right. Um, but you know, with one person, there's only so many things that come up mm-hmm. at any given time, and it's mostly the work. Right. But as soon as you have six, then there's six people that have other things besides just the work coming up in their life. And now I'm realizing, like, oh, everything else, yeah, takes up a lot of time. Right. And a manager's like day to day life right. and it's all good and important and fine but it's just kind of like freshly feeling it and freshly realizing it and uh with you if you were having all 11 of everybody's everything else you wouldn't have any time to get anything done because right. you'd just be dealing with everything right. else right well and that's something that that i noticed right away when we when we did make the change was that all of a sudden there was some breathing room in the in the so instead of having 11 or 10 i have 5 and that's that's mm-hmm. that's a different feel even though i have skip levels still with everybody to, to to remain connected but i think that the everything else is probably the scariest thing for other people because the the, the you know yeah. when, when i talk with them is like they were never nobody ever questioned is michael competent enough to give me the right kind of work or to evaluate mm-hmm. uh, the work that should be done is he because they were already going to you for that Mm-hmm. That was something where they already would would say, "Hey, Michael, how how should I handle this? How would you like to see this go on?" Because you were designing the product in many ways, so it wasn't a that wasn't an issue. It was more the, yeah, how do how does he evaluate my performance? How do we do? How how is it going to my comp going to change? How's that process going to change? All the little things, you know, like uh, you know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty relational, so it's it's. I think it's generally fairly easy. I'm accessible. So you can, they can talk to me about things that mm-hmm. that they don't like and stuff like that. Well, I think you are too, but they don't know that because they've not they don't have that relationship with you. So it's it's the unknown that is that is a big part of the transition. And how do you how do you handle the unknown? Well, for me, one of the ways I handle the unknown is by taking time. Like we didn't make the decision and say next week this is going to happen we foreshadowed it for a few weeks we talked about it with each person i did with my in my one on ones um not everybody came along at the same pace which was totally fine mm-hmm. and instead of arm wrestling people to the ground saying well this is the way we have to do it because this is going to help our company it was like let's listen a little bit let's find out um 
what the potholes are before we get there, mm-hmm. because uh, that'll help us in the long term too. Because um, when we when we when something comes up that we already recognize could potentially be a problem, we've already been thinking a little bit about the solution and how we can handle it relationally as well as in our in the day to day getting done of the work. Yeah, and another part about this one that feels different probably than other transitions is you didn't leave and there wasn't a hole. Right. Like you're still here and people used to report to you and now they, quote, can't right. report to you now. It's a change that's been made. It wasn't something that, there wasn't a significant change that was driving our decision. It's like mm-hmm. the change was your decision, right. our decision to do that. And that can be harder to understand and harder to swallow too when it's like, well, this was going just fine. Why yeah. did we... Why do we need to you know, those like the unspoken questions that like running ring in heads? Because I know I would be asking the same question like why now? Why why any of this stuff? And trying to work out some of like and we have reasons why we all it's kind of what we started talking through at the beginning was just your focuses and my focuses at different mm-hmm. times shifting. But those are all things that are very real and they're on the surface or under the surface that just have to think through and talk through. Right, enough space and time to to work out. Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head earlier in a small company, really in any company, when an, an, another layer is um, put in the organization, it feels like a demotion for some people. Not for everybody, but for some people, it's like, well, okay, I used to report to the to higher up in the food chain than I do now, and that feels that feels bad. Um, but I think what what you what you have to do then, at least what I've done. And well, we'll, you know, the jury's still out as to whether or not it was super successful, but it's focusing. There's there's plenty of time to decide that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think what I decided to do was say, okay, well, let's let's talk about what are your personal and professional goals. Like, what are the things that you'd like to accomplish, and how do you feel like this change is going to inhibit those goals? But by getting everything into the light, you know, I always talk about things that are in the dark are mysterious and more powerful than they should be. So bring it out into the light, get it out of the closet, turn the bright lights on it. Let's look at it. Okay, so what would you like to do three years from now? Let's write it out. Let's do, we we do these things occasionally called position focus sheets that talk through ongoing responsibilities, you know, goals, competencies, the sorts of things that you need to do a role. Okay, so what role would you like to be in? What are the things that are important to having that role, and how do we work on getting you there? So it all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, so now not just Chris, but Michael also knows kind of what my career goals are. We begin to transfer some of that knowledge so that you get it as well, and then we can make that transition smoother because we, we've kind of spooked out the, the boogeyman. You know, we've got, gotten the, the unanswered questions mm-hmm. answered, and all of these questions are completely legitimate. And so, oh, yeah. so when they ask the question, I'm like, but that's great. I'd be asking the same question. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I would too. And so it was like, okay, well, th- that's a great question. I-, I can't answer it in one sentence. Let's spend some time thinking about it. Let's write some things down to each other and then have the conversation. And it was, it, for me, it's been a very rich time of getting feedback from people. Now, I said, like, some people are like, no, that's great. Love it. I'm just going to move on, and their their change process happened in you know 30 seconds. But other people, for for different reasons, had had a longer time frame, and, and I think that's where you have to understand as a leader. Um, and it's not worse or better. No, not it's at all. Different. No, it, it, and I I felt like I felt like I I appreciated the honesty 
and it was it was good to address it up in front. And I feel like time is always on our side. Now, I, that's kind of the way I am anyway. You know, I used to have this phrase that I would share with my team. It's like, if you absolutely positively need to know now, the answer is no. And they'd say, oh, take all the time you need. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you meant, you know. And I, I think that's, in this case, I had to remind myself of that. Like, like I, don't, yeah. I don't have to decide today. Like, we don't have to. This is a suggestion that we're making. We think it's a good one. So we have an opinion on it. It's not just a, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we didn't share it with the team as a whim. Yeah, nothing's going to break if we don't do it tomorrow. Right. So we don't need to rush anything. Right. Give people time to process and to figure out where they fit into the change. They, they need to have a vision for themselves in a new situation. Even if it's not a new role, it's a new situation. And I think giving people the space and the time to do that is so important. Now, I realize that some of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast are in larger organizations where they're going to have change imposed on them. We, we had a cohort that we ran through some educational things that we do here at Uptick. And one guy in particular said, yeah, they, they just come down from on high. They lay the, the tablets on us of this is what's going to happen, the granite tablets, and then they make the changes. And then I, as a manager, am left to pick up the pieces mm-hmm. and totally get that. But I would suggest that the same process applies. Like, okay, now it's happened, but you still want to spend time thinking about and talking about the change, how it's going to affect them, bring things into the light, have the conversation, and gently, and often as a manager, you have the opportunity to, to you know, how quickly are you going to enact some of these changes, gently bring them along so that they feel like they're a part of the process. Because if they don't, then you're dragging them. And that's a lot of energy for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially in a larger organization, and we can leave that more for others. I don't have any experience working in really large organizations mm-hmm. the way you do. But in a lot of those, if there's like sweeping changes, you don't have the luxury of time because the rumor mill moves faster than right. than the real news does. Totally. So that's a whole different yeah. <laughs> whole different area that we could talk about at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, it'll be a learning process for me. It'll be a learning adjustment period for your team and everything. But maybe there's something that everybody listening to this can take away from it. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to Let's Talk Teams. If you have any other questions, we'd love to talk with you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Uptick App, or you can also message us personally. Our info is in the show notes. And if you want to make your one-on-ones better with your team or with your manager, check out Uptick by visiting uptickapp.com.